0: Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee. Can the Aggies win one of those three games? You are Locked On, Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege, and when you enter promo code lockedoncollege, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. There's three games on this schedule that are... You could say couldn't make or break the season. Um, I think one thing that I have been – the goal has been to reiterate this point throughout me taking over this show, and that has been a good season is not going to be too crazy difficult for the Aggies to obtain. If they play to their talent, there's three games. I hinted at them. LSU, Bama, and Tennessee. I think they're going to win one of these three games, and that's what we're going to break down today. I think the Aggies have a shot to beat Tennessee. Listen, I think if you break down the hype between these these two programs, now there's some national media who's excited about what Texas a and is doing this year, but, I mean, LA, I mean, Tennessee is the darling of a lot of national media right now. And to me, I think these two programs are eerily similar. You look at it. This is the way I break it down. At Tennessee, you've got the quarterback. You've got Joe Milton. He, when Hendon Hooker went down last year with the ACL tear, we saw a few. We saw Milton play a little bit. We got to see some sh- some signs, some flashes. We could tell he was gonna he's gonna be a good player. But the question that I ask myself is, what's the difference between Milton, you know, and Wegman? two kind of unproven guys in this in this league that we've seen a little bit. We've seen a little bit of Milton. We have seen a little bit of Wegman, but not a ton. And both of these two quarterbacks, both Wegman and Milton, showed flashes last season. You know, la- the, the Volunteers lost a ton of talent to the NFL. Of course, they lost their starting quarterback. They, of course, lost... Uh, what's his name? Hyatt, the wide receiver, is gone. They lost a lot. They lost another receiver. They lost a lot of talent to the pros. Now, they had a good recruiting class. They've been recruiting well since Heupel's been the coach there at Tennessee. Things are going well for Tennessee. This is a program. It's kind of like how I talk about South Carolina as a program that's kind of on the up and up. But I think Tennessee, I, I just I think last year was a flash in the pan for the time being. I think the Volunteers could be a program that are – Terrifying for other teams for years and years and years, but I think they're a little ways away. I know they have that outstanding quarterback. I think name named Nico uh, something, but he, um, the five-star quarterback freshman, he's going to be great. There's a lot to be excited about in Tennessee, but I just, I could you know eat my words on this, and they could be great this year, blow Texas a out of the water, and I'll be wrong, and then I'd say it's official that the Volunteers have arrived. But I think last year. You know, it was uh, Hooker, who had, at the time was a transfer. Some, I think a lot just kind of fell into place last year for Tennessee that I don't know if it's going to happen this year. Now, the one thing that kind of kills me about that game, and we're going to break down the Alabama and LSU games as well, but I think, like as I said, I don't think – I think if one of them is winnable, to me, it's the Tennessee game. Now, you know, I kind of came in here hot and heavy saying – I think the Aggies could beat Alabama. I stand by that statement, but I've backed off at a degree just because I I kind of think the way you know you can have a quarterback be a game manager and win football games. And and game manager you know, a lot of people hear that, like, you know, people used to talk about Stetson Bennett as a game manager. And I think Stetson Bennett was great, but I don't think that's a terrible, you know, he he did what he had to do. He had great numbers. He was a great quarterback. But at the end of the day, sometimes to win football games, your quarterback just has to not make mistakes and dink and dunk the ball down the field, let the running game do some work, get the ball into your playmaker's hands. And I think that the – Crimson Tide are a game manager away from being the Alabama of of normal. And, you know, the defense is going to be great. There's some outstanding weapons. They have a a great, true freshman running back over there. There's a lot to be excited about as Bama fans, as it seems there always is. Um, So I've backed off that a little bit. I do think the fact that you get Alabama at home, I think that helps a little bit. But – I've backed off, feeling great about that game. I think whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Milroe, whether it's Buckner, I just I don't I don't think the Aggies are going to ta- are going to be able to beat Alabama. I think they're going to be good, um, but I don't think it's impossible. Now, you look at all three of these games. Look at the lines of these games. Tennessee, the Aggies are plus seven, or um, yeah, yeah, plus seven. The Bama, the Aggies are plus eight. And LSU, the Aggies, are plus ten. They're not favored to win these games. They're underdogs in all these games. So none of these games Texas a and supposed to win. And of course, you get you get the only one of these games that's a home is Bama. You got to go to LSU. You got to go to Tennessee. I do think Death Valley and Neyland Stadium are two tough places to play. Um, I'm high on LSU. I like Daniels. I, I um, think Brian Kelly's a good coach. I don't feel good. I don't believe Texas A&M is going to go into town and knock off LSU. I don't. I no longer believe the Aggies are going to host um, are going to host Bama and win that game. But I do think they have a shot to beat Tennessee. I, I kind of think, in essence, I, I said it a little bit. But I'm going to re- reiterate this point. I think that Texas A&M and Tennessee are similar teams. Similar teams. The real difference was. Last year, the volunteers were great. Last year, the Aggies were pretty awful. But the outlook for this season to me is similar. Young teams, up-and-coming teams with some outstanding talent, quarterbacks who we've seen do it a little bit but haven't really broken out yet. There's a lot similar about these teams, and I think the real difference here could be Coach Petrino. I think Coach Fisher's offense was a bit you know, of, of a drain on the team last season. I think, he, you know, Coach Fisher brings in Coach Petrino. I think Coach Petrino can turn this thing around to where I could see the Aggies having a better season than the Volunteers. I think Tennessee's going to be good. I think the Aggies could go win that game. And the way I've chopped down this schedule, um, you know, talking about getting an eight or nine win season, you know, th- those are the three games. You could lose all three of these games and win your other nine and go nine and three. But if you were able to knock off Tennessee, then you kind of have wiggle room to drop one of those games that I consider the kind of eh games, which is kind of like your uh, Auburn, Miami, South Carolina, Ole Miss, those games. Like you can drop one of those and still go nine and three. Or if you kind of win all your eh games and beat one of the teams that you're not supposed to beat, then we're looking at something serious here. So, um, I think winning one of those three games, I don't think – I think LSU is pretty much off the table. I just – if it was at home, I would say they have a shot. I don't feel good about – I don't think the Aggies are going to go there and win that game. I think they have a shot against Tennessee and a shot against Bama. I feel better about Tennessee than I do Bama. But, um, you know, these are the games that are fun to mark on the calendar. These are the games that are fun to get excited about. My last comment on this and my biggest concern – is that that Tennessee game and the Bama game are back to back. The Alabama game is October 7th with the Tennessee game being October 14th. I don't like that because it's like, you know, there's always they they say playing, ba- playing Bama, you know, you're going to be weak, you're going to be tired, you're you're not going to be feeling great. And that's a real thing. Um it's hard to bounce back after playing one of the most physical teams in college football one of the best teams in college football and then you have to go play that game against Tennessee which I consider one of the most important games on the schedule that's going to be tough for the Aggies but at the end of the day if you want to if this team if this year wants to if this year is going to be a success you got to find a way to win one of those games that Bama game or that Tennessee game I don't can't sit here and say I feel great about it but I think for this season to be a success you've got to find a way to win one of those two games And then the LSU game is just kind of a cherry on top. I don't think you win that one, but if you do, my goodness, would that be exciting? The Aggies have a pretty good blue chip ratio heading into the 2023 season. Let's talk about it. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, I, I don't even know what to say about these pants because they are just so dang comfortable. I have two pairs myself. I wear them all the time. What I love about them, I like I said I have two pairs. I have one that feels more like a gym shorts than one that feels more like khakis, but you could wear any you could wear both of these pairs doing i doing anything. So, I could wear the ones that have the gym short feel to golf. I could wear the ones that have a khaki feel to play basketball. They're versatile. They're outstanding pants. They are comfortable. I I promise they have this liner. They're comfortable. They make you feel great. They make you look good. These pants are incredible. You've got to go check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We absolutely promise you. Yeah, the blue chip ratio is something you know. We've all heard the term blue chip recruit. It's a term we hear a lot. Had to do a little bit of research on it because you know I see this and I go, "What does that mean?" So, blue chip ratio. It was twenty four seven Sports. They put out a graphic. I love graphics. I just love them. They're awesome. They put out a graphic talking about you know the each team's blue you know blue chip ratio and what what the graphic kind of broke down was over the last four recruiting cycles the amount of four and five star recruits blue chip compared to you know the rest of you uh, the rest of the recruits you bring in so 73% of the recruits the Aggies have landed over these last four recruiting cycles have been blue chip recruits and now this is going to be a statement and when I make this statement I am no way saying this is going to happen. Okay, but I'm just going to put out what the what the graphic said. This graphic, you know how like when you're making your your March Madness bracket and they'll say uh the only teams that have won a national championship over the last 13 years have been top 10 in defensive and offensive efficiency and there's only nine teams that fit that build. That's what this reminded me of. The graphic stated that the blue-chip ratio, having a good blue-chip ratio, leads to national championship appearances. Now, you can kind of throw that out the window personally because if you look at it, it's like, well, no duh, Bama. I mean, Bama's blue-chip blue chip ratio was 90%, which is hilarious. And I bet you like the per- percentage that of, of those recruits that weren't four and five stars were like kickers or interior offensive linemen, players that rarely are ranked high. Um, because that's Bama; it's what they do. Same with Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson—all had great blue chip ratios. But the Aggies did too. Seventy-three percent of the Aggies recruits over the last handful four um, recruiting cycles have been blue chip recruits. And the reason I I I thought of this as a topic to bring on the show today was kind of just like you got to win football games, and we talked about this this week about this being a make-or-break season for Coach Fisher and the Aggies. But seeing this number, and, you know, the one thing I didn't understand about the graphic, and I thought was this was a little bit, I don't know how to describe it, a little weird how they kind of broke this down, but was the fact that, like, some of these guys have left. You know, you've had some turnover with the whole transfer portal world nowadays. It's interesting to me that they didn't, you know, what's the word, that they didn't account for that because it's like, of course, some of these guys have left. You've brought in some transfer portal guys. Like you bring in Tony Grimes, right, the cornerback from North Carolina. He was a blue-chip recruit at high school. So it's like I don't know how they broke that down, but it's still an interesting statistic because it tells you that the Aggies need to start winning football games with all of this talent that they have on the roster. There's a ton of talent, and like I said, the Aggies have the talent there to go and win a national championship based on talent. Now there's like I said, no. Let me make sure I explain what I mean by that. Don't I'm not, I do not think the Aggies are gonna win the national championship. I think that they have the talent to do so. And I think that the there's different lots of things have to fall into place. You can't get hurt. The coaching has to be good. There's lots of things that lead teams that have the talent to win a national championship to not win a national championship and I think that's kind of been the case for the Aggies as they've had great talent but they haven't even they haven't really been on that scale where they've been in the talks of a national championship contenders they of course I don't believe are this year in the national media you don't really see that but seeing these numbers the talent is there and I don't think that's a secret I don't think anyone is surprised by that I don't think Aggie fans are like wait a minute, we have a talented roster. Everybody knows there's talent on this roster. The 2022 recruiting class was absurd. The 2021 class was great. There's been great recruiting classes. The coaching staff's done a great job. The NIL collectives have been great. There's been a lot of of stuff that has helped the Aggies recruit at a high level. It just has to transfer on the field. And as I've said, I think this is the season that that could happen. I think the talent's there. I think – I think the thing I need to put out there, and I've hinted at, I think I've basically said it flat out a few times, but I think Coach Petrino is a massive, out-of-this-world, huge deal for this football team. I think he's going to make this offense outstanding. The defense is already great. The defense was good last year. The defense is going to be outstanding this year. The offense was the problem last year. Injuries didn't help. Injuries to Bryce Foster and Anaya Smith. There was injuries that didn't help. But at the end of the day – you got to be able to produce anyway. And I think Coach Petrino is going to make that happen. So I think you're going to see this blue chip ratio help the Aggies this year because blue chip ratio is talent. It means you have a talented roster. And with the Aggies, have a talented roster. It's not a debate, it's not a, a question, it's a statement. So hopefully this talented roster turns into some wins on the football field. Really, I mean an 8 or 9 win season I just, it just it would bring back the fun to Texas A&M football that just Aggie fans didn't have last year through the pain. I mean smile through the pain. It was hard. I think there's going to be a big rebound this year. I think there's going to be a rebound and a putback dunk for the Aggies this season. I think they're going to be outstanding on the football field. I think we're going to see a good year from the Aggies and I think this blue chip ratio is just a sign as to why the Aggies are going to have such a good season. And if they don't, I've said this before too, if they don't have a good season this year, we are going to have to have a lot of conversations surrounding that. The Aggies baseball season came to an extremely painful end. Ladies and gentlemen, ah, goodness. I'm a, a pained pain all around pain everywhere I really when when the Aggies were able to knock off Stanford to stay in the winners bracket I really thought that they were going to move on to the super regional and of course that was going to set up a matchup with the Longhorns it was going to be one of the most fun super regionals probably in the whole tournament this year for a trip to go to Omaha I don't I don't really know how else to chop it down besides this one hurts. Um, it was a great season. It was a great finish to this season. A team who going into their last weekend of SEC play, if they didn't win that series with Mississippi State, they weren't going to make the tournament. The Aggies were able to get that done. Then they go on a run to the SEC Baseball Tournament Championship. They, of course, lose to Vandy there. Then they go on a run to the Stanford Regional Final. Lose to Stanford there. A lot of a lot of pain. A lot of getting there but not getting the job done for the Aggies this postseason. Um the one thing I can confidently tell you is the Aggies will be back. I can tell you that for a fact. I know this one hurt hurt me, hurt my soul. I, was, I mean, it was, it was hard to sleep last night. But at the end of the day, um, there, th- this baseball program is in a great spot. Coach Sloss has done an outstanding job during his time in College Station, and I think there's a lot more positive to come with him as the head man, with him as the skipper at Texas A&M. But when it comes to this game, of course, 7-1 loss to Stanford, of course, you score one run. So this stat, the stat I don't love is that innings three through nine, you can't put up a run. Now, obviously, duh, you only scored one run. That means you only scored in one inning. But, um, you know, you put up a run early, and then you can't scratch a run across those last – Third inning all the way to the ninth inning. That just that can't happen. You have seven hits. That's not like an outstand I mean, that's not like a outlandish amount of hits. I meant I meant to say, but like seven hits, if you get a couple ducks on the pond via a walk or a hit by pitch or an error, you know, seven hits should be enough to put up a couple runs on the board. Sometimes things just don't fall your way. I get that. Um the, the thing that killed me, errors kill me. I know I talk about walks a lot. The walks wasn't really a big problem in this ballgame. I thought Detmer had a good outing. Um, there were some things he could have cleaned up, but I thought it was a solid outing when, when the Aggies needed one and the bats just couldn't back it. You know, they so you score 20 runs f- through the first two games of the regional, and then you kind of just fall flat after that. The error, of course, it was two outs, a, a pop fly falls. That should have been the third out of the inning. A run scores, then a base knock scores another run. It was 5-1 at the time. These two runs, of course, made it the 7-1 score that ended up being the final score. So these two runs, how much did they matter? I don't know. How much of a difference do they make to the game? I don't know. But one thing I can tell you is this was completely deflating. When something like that happens, you know, four runs, I mean, hey, you you get a solo homer, then you get a guy, you get a couple guys on, you get a base hit and a walk and a homer, and it's a tie game. Like, it's out. A lot has to go right, but you're still in the game. 7-1 with a, with only a few outs left to your name is hard to come back from. That error was killer. It was really felt like the dagger. It felt like that was it because, of course, like I said, another run came in to score after the error occurred, scoring a run on the error. Um, well, actually, ironically, technically, I keep saying error. It wasn't really an error. It was actually a base hit because the, you know, no one touched the ball. It just fell and touched the ground. But you know what I mean? It would will, will say mental error. I don't know what, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was a fun season. There's no reason to sit here and talk about negatives for a season that, of course, has come to a conclusion. Um, you know, I, the Aggies are going to be back. You would have loved to be playing the Longhorns in a super regional this weekend. That would have been exciting. That would have been a lot of fun. But, um, I'm just proud of this team and what they were able to accomplish. You, you, they, they was adversity all season, and the Aggies were able to deal with it, fight through it, and just flat out get past it. To make a run in the SEC tournament, make a run in the NCAA regional in California against some California teams. Um, I'm proud of this team. It was a painful, painful way for the season to end. To end but at the end of the day, as I said, I'm proud of this team. Coach Loss is a great coach. This team's going to be back. Hopefully, he hits the portal hard. You get some deep, get, uh, get some pitching depth. And bring in some more bats. You return some players that help this ball club. Um, this is not. This team's going to be back. That's what we're. That's what we're going to end today on. This baseball team is not dead in the water. The Aggies are going to be back. That I can say with confidence. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.